Alexa Curtis here, and you're listening to my weekly podcast, This is Life Unfiltered, where I talk to friends of mine, entrepreneurs, and really awesome people. This is episode 121. I can't believe it's been 121 weeks of chatting with you guys. So before I get into this episode, make sure you're following This is Life Unfiltered on social media, as well as my personal social media, which is at Alexa underscore Curtis. And if you're new to the podcast, check out my summit program, which is called Be Fearless Summit. The next one is indefinitely postponed until this ends. But you can also find out more about that at BeFearlessSummit.org. So I've been listening to the news a lot, and the topic that's been coming up oddly is how people are navigating dating while being home. I have a good friend of mine who is actually a dating expert. I've interviewed a few other dating experts on the podcast before, one in particular, Jenna Birch, who is a really good friend of mine, and she's incredible. That was a super old episode. But I thought it would be kind of cool to have someone on right now to talk about dating during a quarantine. So I've got my friend Kirsty here, and she is going to give some insight and share her personal stories. So thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Yeah, thank you. I'm excited. This is fun. Well, to start off the conversation, I know that you are not single. You've been in a relationship for a bit of time and your boyfriend is so cool. I'm single, obviously. Uh, But how has quarantine been going for you guys so far? Yeah, quarantine's definitely been fun and a challenge. So we've definitely had to have, have much more honest and open communication Obviously, being in the same place as each other constantly 24-7 is a lot because before this quarantine, we didn't live together. We have two separate apartments and we would just see each other every now and then. And now we're quarantining in his parents' house um, north of where we live. So it's a lot to take on at one time. But we just have to be really open and honest with each other and kind of like set schedules of, you know, work this is when we'll hang out. This is when we work. This is when I want my alone time. This is when you can go play video games with your friends. Um, but honestly, it's also been hard. Like I, it's been really challenging with the quarantine. Like I miss my friends. I miss seeing people. And the only way I can let that energy out is I could exercise or something. But lately I've been like kind of lashing out at my boyfriend. So I just have to be honest with him and apologize and you know, kind of realize that like, this is a really stressful time. And like, it's unprecedented. We don't really know how to manage it until we just go through it and learn. You and I met a while ago through your podcast, actually, and then we became friends. And I have had so many, I think, like, different relationships and guys I've been like, casually dating or whatever, since you and I have been friends. But how did you and your boyfriend meet? Because you also had a few different relationships, I think both positive and some that necessarily weren't as healthy before you ended up in the relationship that you're in now. Yeah. Oh my God. I've been in so many relationships. I think, so yeah, I mean, kind of like, well, my boyfriend and I met through, I've known him for several years, even though I've only been dating for nine months. He is a friend of a friend that I know from college. And like, I'm a, it's like a group of guy friends that I know from college. And uh, they went to high school with him. So I just met him through them. But uh, I've been in, I've, uh, up until like two years ago, I was basically in a relationship from the time I was 16 to the time I was like 26. That's like a decade of like serial monogamy, basically. And so, I mean, yeah, like you said, they've been, but, uh, some of them have been good, but a lot of them have been uh, very unhealthy. And, 
it was kind of the moment that I was like, whoa, I need to like stop dating and kind of figure out what's going on here and why I, I keep making these like same decisions. That kind of sparked my interest in getting into the dating and relationship field as a um, as a career. Because yeah, I just find it so interesting for myself and just for everyone else, like the psychology behind dating and relationships. Like it's so fascinating. I, I love it. It really is. And especially during this time, I was seeing someone who I had met at my WeWork office. And I and I remember a few times I had called you. And, and honestly, I ended it right when this started happening. And I think one of the reasons I did is because, number one, I just felt like I wasn't in a position, I feel like, to care about someone else in that sense deeply during a time where I feel like I could kind of find myself and uh, try new things, even if it's from the comfort of my own home. And also, I just don't know that we were a match, but I had called you multiple times and you had said things to me that just really rang a bell with me. Like, if you're saying this now, then obviously, maybe this isn't a fit. And certain things, I was kind of nitpicking at everything. And I think that when you do that, that means that someone isn't right for you. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, totally. I'd say if the relationship or something's a problem now, that's literally the best it's going to get. You're in the hunt, right? You're like in the honeymoon phase. You're obsessed with them. You're like, oh, this is like amazing. This is the best the relationship's going to get. If there's an issue, it's only going to get worse. And it's only going to be like something that really bothers you more and more down the road. Yeah. And I think you really have to break that pattern to get out of it. It kind of got mm-hmm. me thinking a lot about whether or not you should reach out to an ex. And, and I did some Instagram polls on this. And the reason I brought that conversation up and wanted to talk with you about that side of things is because so many people right now are a, a home alone or even with family and they're really bored. No one's really having sex unless they're in a relationship. Uh, if you do, if you are intimate with anyone and, and whatnot, and the whole side in psychology of dating is completely gone because no one can really see anyone. Uh, so what, what would you say about that? Because I'm not going to lie and say that I never text my ex. I mean, he's single, I'm single. Like if I'm bored and I'm sitting there and I know he's bored and sitting there, like I'll reach out and say, hi, is it the best? Maybe not. But at the end of the day, I'm still single. Yeah. I mean, specifically to the, should you text your ex thing? Yeah. For me personally, I try to just kind of stick with the mantra of as long as you're open and honest about like what you're looking for, then it's on the other person to be able to draw their own boundaries. Um, I mean, for some people, it might be awkward to text your ex and be like, hey, I really just want to chat or flirt, but like this ain't going anywhere. I mean, you know, if someone's really into you, you know, if you're going to like, if that person like is pining over you and like really always wanted to get back together. If not, if it's just like an ex and it's, it is what it is. I mean, whatever. It's human connection. Really, honestly, like we're all so lonely. I mean, people just got ha- kind of have to do what they have to do to get through this time. There's really no rules anymore. They're like out the window. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And on that note, I will say that in a normal day-to-day life when I'm dating and like probably when he's dating, and I mean, we we ended really kind of mutually, I think, uh, maybe, or maybe I ended it more and not as mutually <laughs> But whatever. Uh, But in the normal day to day life, you can go on a normal date. So what do you think about online dating during this time? Because over the past week, I've kind of just as an experiment, I've like downloaded more apps besides Raya, like Hinge and Bumble. And I've been kind of tracking how soon guys reply and what they're looking for. And I'm really interested as of lately that I find so many guys are replying. It seems like they're actually wanting to have genuine deeper conversations. I mean, the whole online dating thing is insane to me. 
I, I mean, it really does suck. Cause like, I think one of the biggest parts of building a relationship is really seeing the person, seeing the person in person. Uh, I mean, like, <laughs> I guess actually now this brings to thought, I'm like thinking of the show love is blind on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Those people made love without seeing each other. But anyways, okay. <laughs> But I really do think that, you know, when you're in person, you establish that the, the relationship dynamics, like, right, they're not, they can't really be there if you're not in person. But I think dating right now online is like totally fine. So just don't go into it with having like these expectations are going to meet the love of your life. And this is going to carry on to something like super serious. I would just have fun with it. I wouldn't put a lot of expectations on it. Because I mean, yeah, like I said, meeting in person is such a big part of like building a solid of a solid relationship. It is. I was actually listening to NPR this morning, as a matter of fact, and there was a girl who was talking about like she really wants to meet the love of her life and she's getting older and she wants to have kids and like should she keep dating mm. or not dating? And I don't know. I thought that was an interesting conversation that someone it, it's only because of online dating that you could even think in that way right now. Because if it wasn't for these online apps, there would be no way to be communicating with someone or trying to meet someone but why do you find or why do you think that guys in my opinion the ones who I've spoken with are much more inclined to actually want a deeper conversation right now than just to hook up yeah that's actually such a great point that you bring up so I've talked about this with some other writer friends guys are just uh, that are guys guys are just so lonely right now because we've taught them through society and growing up like toxic masculinity and stuff that like they need to just push down their emotions they need to be the providers for us so now they're some of them are jobless they're alone all the time and like they're feeling a whole lot of emotions whether it be being really sad angry frustrated or a lot of them are just sad and lonely lonely so they're always taught to push down those emotions and now they're like re those feelings are coming up and they don't know like what to do with them And I think that now they're like, oh, there's nothing else. Like, there's no outlet for this. I can't go out and drink with my friends and cover it up. I can't go have sex with a bunch of people. I have to, like, do something else. Now they're kind of like, oh, wow. Like, there is a way to connect with someone when I'm not intoxicated or having sex with them. Like, these deeper conversations are giving me what I could, what I've maybe always needed. I think that's kind of, like, what the phenomenon that's happening there. Do you think it makes it seem like men in real life are more animalistic that I think a lot of females and stuff say about guys and they're all about sex, 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 whereas now being forced to them sit on their own and not have that human connection has made them want it more when this ends or will then it just all of a sudden go back to normal? Specifically, I think with online dating. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, guys are typically known to have higher sex drive because women can only have one baby at a time. Men can sow their oats every freaking day if they want to. Wait, what did so, you say? Sow their oats? What is that? Never heard that <laughs> no. So, no. It's so oh my gosh. Wild oats. That's, oh my what? God, now I'm too old. No, it's, it's like a common phrase for like just going out and having sex. Sell their. I've heard like planting so, a seed from GEZ's songs. Okay. So guys are just naturally gonna have a higher sex drive usually because that's like in their in their DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, will this carry over the emotional connection into their lives afterwards? I hope so. Maybe I think it's honestly like just depends on the individual. If they can have enough self awareness to be like, wow, this is 
all of a sudden I'm like finding pleasure in this kind of connection. Maybe I want to do this even after the quarantine is over. Then I think those men will really start to shift into that. It takes a bit of self-awareness to actually like start doing something. Yeah. And this time especially has forced people to kind of realize new parts about themselves. Mm -hmm. How much do you think age plays a factor? Because you're 28, correct? Right. And your boyfriend is how old? He's actually younger than me. He's 26. Oh, wow. You're like a little cougar. And I, I'm 20. Oh, yeah. I'm 22. So how much do you think that age plays a factor in whether you're looking for more of a serious relationship versus more of a hookup? Because, for example, my ex-boyfriend, who is the most who is the longest relationship I've been in, he definitely was two years older than me, but definitely a little less mature in certain areas. And I found myself to have excelled a little bit more. And so I'm just curious about that role that age plays in that form of maturity. Yeah, totally. So personally, I think age really does not matter. It more so matters what their life experiences are, their upbringing, like how, how their parents raised them to think. And where also where they live is also a big thing. I've noticed, obviously, men hmm. in cities are like, not as like they always say like in LA like 40s the new 20 which is so true because guys yeah. here a lot of guys here just aren't interested in settling down until they're in their late 40s because it's an individual thing you can have a guy like my 26 year old boyfriend is very very stable and just very has very like what you would imagine family values are and then I dated someone that was 37 and he was like wanting to party all the time and I could barely get him to be monogamous with me and he didn't want to have a family anytime soon. And it was a very stark difference between those two. And it just had to do with everything from their upbringing to like where they were uh, raised and everything. So age really doesn't matter. Uh, in my opinion, it just is an individual thing. I think that's a really good point. And I think that if someone is looking to move to Los Angeles to fall in love, like abort your mission, LA is the worst yeah. place to date. And I, I specifically say this because I, uh, the person who I was dating here is the first guy I've ever really dated in three years, like more seriously in Los Angeles. So now my new thing is every three years, I will meet someone. And that is just what, but I, I'm much more like, I'm the person who downloads the dating app and puts my location in Boston. LA guys are just not my kind of guy, but I'm, I'm still hopeful. Mm -hmm. But what about traits? I mean, for example, when I, I remember when I called you and um, this is, that was not the first time I've called Kirsty, by the way, I've had many times where I've called her like, what do you think about this guy or this? And I, and I had said to you on the phone that, you know, these certain factors that this one particular guy who I had been seeing just, I just didn't really feel like I was aligning with him. And I think I'm 22, but I think having had so many life experiences up until this point, I'm now at a point where I don't want to sacrifice things that matter to me in a relationship, even if that means me being alone and single. And so my question for you is, how do you evaluate what traits matter to you while you're single before you get into a relationship? Right. So I think that what's really important is to figure out what's more superficial in what you want in a relationship and what actually matters to you. So, or what's going to matter in the long run. So superficial being like, oh, I really want a guy with blonde hair. Like, yeah, that's cool. But like, it's not going to, it should not be your determining factor. Mm -hmm. And like, or a guy that's super, super hot because the whole, okay. Everything you think of in like the knight in shining armor fantasy or someone paying for you all the time or someone really hot is only going to be fun for about a year. That's not going to make a long lasting relationship. What's going to really matter to you is someone that's in line with your values and your morals so 
if you really want to have a family in five years, it's going to be really important to find someone that wants to have a family in five years. Or if you're really against using drugs and you don't want, you would want someone that doesn't use drugs. I'm trying to think of something that's not so like, uh, so, uh, I don't know what the word is, but I mean, all other values being, I really value emotional intelligence and communication. So that's really important to me. And I found a partner that is great at texting and is so open to talking about any problem or issue that I have. And for me, that's really important because I, I, I love it in myself and I want that to be something that my partner has too. So that's not something that's superficial. It's finding a partner that has the same values and morals as me. I also think that there is a side to this that is a lot of females and I, and I use like women and men and I don't mean to offend anyone. Like if you're a woman dating a woman or a man, a man dating a man, whatever, I just haven't personally had that kind of experience. So I, I just go based on like a guy and a girl just because that's my dating experiences, but I guess it can be very uh, similar for whatever else you're dating. But I also think that intimacy plays a huge role in this. And when it comes to feeling sexually confident and that's taken a really long time for me to get to because when I I mean I've lived in so many different cities like I remember living in New York when Tinder first came out uh, and I remember sleeping with a guy like from Tinder and I was really young and, and I didn't really understand what that meant and then he didn't text me the next day and I feel like now I've gotten to a point through all these experiences where I'm so confident where I'm like if I meet a guy and I want to sleep with him that night and then I, I don't want to talk to him again. And I don't want to text him. Like, I'm okay with that. But do you think that there's still such a stigma in society that that quote unquote makes you a slut or you're now a whore because you are sexually confident in the way that you go about sleeping with people if you're not seriously dating all of them? Oh, 100%. There's still a stigma. There's like no way around that. Um, I mean, I hope that over time it just kind of goes away, but there's really no getting around that besides just being confident and really not caring what other people think. Like you just kind of have to live your life. People are always going to judge you period about no anything about your life. And if that's something that you want to express, like you want to be more like sexually free, which I don't think is a, a problem at all, as long as you're safe, then just go for it. And the naysayers are going to have to be the people that fall out of your life because that's, if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. But yeah, it sucks. It is a huge stigma that's in our society. And that's like not fair at all to females. No, and it's kind of crazy that even going into this conversation, I'm saying, what about guys? Like, will they grow out of, grow out of this bachelor phase when there are also females who are in that phase and they're the ones that are not replying to the guy? But, but girls mm -hmm. don't think about that. I, I The only thing that I would say is that if you are someone who really frequently wants to sleep with different people and not settle down, are you doing it because you need the attention because you're not happy in other parts of your life? Or are you just like seriously turned on all the time? And if so, like girl power to you, go for it. But I think that's a really important topic because I feel like I really relate to you in so many ways because you and I think are very, uh, we have very like similar mindsets about that and it's not mm -hmm. judgmental. Whereas I bet there's people in your life and same in my life who are very judgmental about that. And that can be harder because then you don't always feel like you have someone to tell about whatever situation you were in. Right. Yeah, that's such a good point. Um, excuse me. Oh, there was something I was going to say. It's okay. That you just said there are women. Oh, um, 
that's not that's something that I don't have a lot of experience in in the in the sense of people that don't want to be monogamous but I think that a lot more people the conversation is opening up more to people that want to be in open relationships and want to be have a different kind of relationship so it's something I don't really have experience in but I do think there it's yeah like you said you have to ask yourself am I doing this for attention or is this the type of lifestyle that works best for me and what I want right now that can change down the road that could change tomorrow that could never change but there is definitely that open possibility of like wanting to just be more free and not be tied down to one person personally I don't have a lot of experience oh no me either I've never been in an open relationship. I will say that when I moved to LA and when I was going through this process of deciding to um, break up with my ex-boyfriend, that was something that I proposed, but I think it was more something I had proposed because I, I knew that I had gotten to the, t- the end of the timeline of this relationship yeah. uh, and, and wanted to be more friends with him than in a relationship. But I don't know. I mean, an open relationship, that's a whole other conversation that scares me. And I don't, have you seen the show easy? Um, no, I haven't. Okay. It's such a good show. You should totally watch it. And there's so many random celebrities in it, but the, the couple, I was actually watching it last night and there's this couple and you kind of see, they have kids and they've been together since high school and the evolution of this relationship. And they eventually go into being in an open marriage. And I was just sitting there and I was like, this is just something I personally would never want. I could never imagine listening to my husband talking about sleeping with someone else because it's just there's so much more to me in a relationship than sex but I don't know yeah no it blows my mind I yeah but there are people no no it's so interesting because it's like such a huge topic nowadays like people want to talk here podcasts and stuff like about open relationships they're and like books are being published on it and over I'm like over here like wait what I don't know it's like to each their own right we just function better with one partner that is what it is well, there was there was also a part in this uh, in this show, and it and it really focuses on social media. And I would really highly suggest everyone watch it. And it's quite funny. But besides the fact that it's funny, it's the evolution of Tinder. So these these two people were married in high school, you know, twenty five years ago, and now it's like there's Tinder, and there's Bumble, and there's Grinder, and there's an appeal to that. I could see it. Like if I was in a relationship for twenty years, and all of a sudden it's like you could have twenty chicks at your house in an in an hour, just like ready to bang and then leave. Uh, I I would be curious about that too, but I I don't necessarily think that that is a healthy way to go about online dating. I just think you should go into it with an open mind, but not expecting anything, whether you're expecting intimacy or a relationship, but any final thoughts or last words for those who are at home and are like, I'm so alone. I feel so lonely. I don't know how to online date, or I do know how to online date. I mean, yeah, date if you want to, don't date if you don't want to. If you don't want to, I suggest taking like a dating cleanse and really getting in touch with like what you're looking for in a partner and what's gone wrong in your past relationships and what you didn't like. So you can like set some really awesome boundaries moving forward into relationships after the quarantine. Uh, Do things you really love and connect with people that are like your friends and your family and feel a little bit less lonely that way. But just also loneliness is so real like acknowledge it for what it is it's don't try to push it down and pretend like it's not there it's okay to feel alone it's normal to feel alone um just like don't ignore the emotions yeah yeah that's a great point and the last thing that I would add is listen I would say that 
everyone right now feels a sense of alone. Like even if you're in a relationship, I mean, Christy, I bet you have moments where you just really wish you were with your family or your friends and that's its own sense of aloneness. Because if you're in a relationship where you're looking for someone to make you feel less alone and you're not looking for them to just like equally make you happy and satisfied and calm, then you probably shouldn't be in a relationship. And that's what I realized by ending something during a quarantine um, and a relationship that I was in is that I wanted to be alone because I felt like I could use this time to find myself versus everyone when they were like, why would you break up with someone during quarantine? And I was like, well, what does that even mean? Right? Like I can't say I I need to be with someone all the time. No, I'm like notorious for loving being alone. And so Mm -hmm. you have to go based on how you feel. And like, if it comes to, you need to like, I don't know, buy a vibrator. Like if you're like so desperate, I don't know. I don't know how to, how to use vibrators, but like, if, (laughs) if you're one of those people then like, look at this as a chance to equally get to know yourself as well as try something new, like maybe download a dating app and talk to a few people and just like, try it. Uh, but don't have any expectations for it. So I think that was that would be the last thing that I would leave everyone with. Um, and and just like, look, everyone's alone because we're all mm-hmm. one person, but no one's really ever alone. Um, where can everyone find you and your writing on social media or online? Yeah. So basically, if you just type my name into Google, which is Kirsty Taylor, you'll find my medium my medium account, um, which is where I do most of my writing. You'll find my newsletter, which is on Substack, which is just Kirsty Taylor. I love the newsletter. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. It's like my my little uh, creative baby. But yeah, that's uh, Kirsty Taylor And Kirsty Taylor is just K-I-R-S-T-I-E-T-A-Y-L-O-R. Well, you are such a doll. I miss you so much. I can't wait to go. Remember the last time we hung out and I like <laughs> showed up and was totally dead <laughs> and got the biggest fried chicken sandwich. Oh my gosh. What oh, was I doing? I forgot about that. Oh, I yeah. had gone. Yeah. A few weeks. No, like way before this ended, I had met a friend of mine for dinner. Um, That was like a post-celebratory birthday dinner. And this girl was like drinking so much. And you know, when you're like having two glasses of wine and then you don't actually think it's affecting you. Well, anywho, I showed up to this um, brunch with you and I thought I was going to die. And then the chicken sandwich revived me. But moral of the story, I cannot wait for this to end so we can do that again. Everyone check out her work. I love your newsletter, honestly. And I don't really read any newsletters. So I really, really, really like it. And make sure to follow the podcast, subscribe to it, write a uh, review on the app store and let me know who you want to hear next. And I will see you guys next week for a new episode of This Is Life Unfiltered. Bye, guys.